0: Welcome to episode 74 of Everything Sports with Aman and Evan. I'm your host, Aman Adkarni.
1: And I'm your co-host, Evan Garber.
0: And we talk about the hottest topics in sports that occurred in the past week. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Wemby, or Victor Wembenyama's amazing start to his rookie season. And then we're going to be going through our mid-season NFL award predictions, who we think should win MVP, Defense Player of the Year, Coaching Player of the Year, all coach of the year all those awards and more so stay tuned throughout the episode for that before we start make sure to follow us on all social media platforms on screen or you can follow the description to go to our instagrams and then the podcast channels on those different platforms that you see remember we post daily here on youtube the shorts and then of course The now 10-minute episodes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then, of course, this episode every Saturday. So make sure there's literally content daily for you guys so you don't miss any great sports content. But without further ado, let's get into Weminyama's start to the rookie season because I feel like all basketball fans know by now that he's one of the most hyped prospects in nba history and people are calling it in sports history because we've already seen flashes of it he can shoot he's like seven four or something like seven four i think maybe taller i'm pretty sure seven four though he can shoot he can defend like his wingspan is insane like i just heard paul george talk about it on his podcast like you think you're open and then all of a sudden just a long arm just blocks the shot. And even if Wembanyama, for whatever reason doesn't pan out like we think he would, which I don't think that's likely, he's still gonna be an elite shot blocker. And I mean, you can still build around that. The Spurs, they're set up for the future because once people get used to Wembinama, see how he plays, that's when you're gonna get free agents going to San Antonio and I mean, with the right players, this is a potential dynasty years from now. Another Spurs dynasty will is gonna rule the NBA pretty soon. So watch out for that. But Evan, what do you think of one B start to the year so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course he's been absolutely insane. I mean, really everything that we expected him to be and more. Honestly, um, I mean, he hasn't put up necessarily the counting stats in some games as you'd expect him to to put up but of course he's young I mean he's only what 19 whatever he is I mean he's got so much time to grow and I think him and Devin Vassell are going to be such a great duo for years to come of course Devin, we haven't seen a whole lot of him and Devin Vassell because Vassell was hurt but he is back now and I think they struggled a bit uh was two days ago or yesterday I'm not really sure what day it was but whatever last, last time they played they struggled a little bit but I mean once they those two get used to each other I think that's going to be an insane duo Obviously, a pretty good pick and roll for both of them because when Yama is just that good. You can just literally just throw up to him. Oh, he's up there somewhere, honestly. Like, literally, he's a wide receiver out there. Just throw the ball up there. Got to get the ball because he's so tall, such, so lengthy. Um, And, you know, like you said, I, I really do think that he's going to be a problem for years and years and years, and that Spurs team has an opportunity to be a really, really good dynasty like they did before with, obviously, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Tony Parker, but... I mean, he's been absolutely, absolutely, absolutely insane. And I really just can't wait for him to take the next step because this is just the beginning of, for Mignola right now. I mean, once he gets to the next step, he's going to be unstoppable. He's going to be like Giannis, but even better. Jokic is even better. He's going to take over the NBA, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I definitely. Definitely agree. And it's just crazy because we see rookies join the league Like, we were impressed by Paolo Carroll. He's going to be an all-star soon. Cade Cunningham, once he starts getting his footing after his injury, like, so many great number one picks in recent memory. It's just, it's crazy because you got Chet Holmgren getting drafted second, I believe, after Paolo Carroll. It's technically his rookie year because he was injured all last year. He got injured before last season, and so now, He shows up, he's putting Rookie of the Year numbers. Like, if Wemby wasn't drafted, Chet would be the runaway favorite for Rookie of the Year. But even though he has similar stats to Wemby right now, I think it's honestly tough Rookie of the Year race. Like, I mean, Thunder are another potential dynasty in the making, like, a couple years from now. Just give them time to start winning. Drafting, they have a million picks, amazing GM. It could be like the Thunder-Spurs like rivalry in a way. Because Shea is young. Chet is obviously young. Josh Giddy is young. Jalen Williams is young. You got Lou Dorr over there, just monster on defense. And then you got the Spurs. Keldon Johnson, he's taking a really nice step. As you said, Devin Vassell, once he settled in, Wemben Yama, of course, like, and then whatever free agents that they're going to add, because they're both going to be an attractive destination for a lot of free agency, purely from the winning standpoint. Like, I don't know if people want to live in Oklahoma or whatever, like, just from a pure basketball standpoint, the Spurs and Thunder are going to get to a point in the next few years where if you want to win, you're going to go to that team. And for both these teams, because they are young, once they're in the playoffs, I don't think they're going to win. They might win a round, but they won't win at all because that's just unrealistic from a really young team and a team that just starts to put it together. We saw that with the Heat in 2011, and then they dominated. These teams, so many teams, fail in the playoffs and then win their championship. That's what I think is going to happen because the Thunder and Spurs, they're going to battle it out in the Western Conference Finals for I don't know, 10 to 15 years. In a few years, add 10 to 15 years, and that's how good they're going to be, at least, at least. And it's just crazy. Like, what do you think about Chet Holmgren? Because I guess the rookie of the year race should be close, but just because it's Wembinyama, it's not close in people's
1: eyes, even though they're averaging similar stats. So what do you think about that? I mean, of course, Chet Holmgren is absolutely insane, and I, I think it definitely helps him that he learned at least, a little, at least a little bit under the system of the Thunder, of course, last season. He didn't, wasn't actually on the court much, uh, maybe a little bit during practice, but it definitely helps him a lot. But I, I do think it is one Benyama's award to lose right now. But at home, we're honestly putting up such a, such great stats. Uh, and I think that without the hype of Benyama, I don't think, I honestly think it could go to check, check right now, honestly, if it wasn't for the hype of Benyama. The hype is so strong. I think Bama has got it pretty much locked. Of course, there could be injuries down the line, and both are pretty skinny yeah. guys. Both are definitely susceptible to injuries. So, that definitely could either definitely could one obviously, obviously change the rookie of the year race, but two, it could change your whole careers, honestly, because you need to definitely build some muscle if you're one of them because you could carry your ACL, tear your Achilles, something like that, something really serious, and his career is just over right away.
0: Yeah, and I, we've both said that over the past few months leading up to when me getting drafted. And even when Chet was drafted, we said the same thing. But that's not like we're saying they're not going to be good players because of how they look. We're saying they're already good players. They just need to build muscle, get stronger, do what Giannis and Joel B did. Both were on the skinnier side when they were drafted, and now you look at them. They're just dominating the league, and so... When you add size, you might be a little slower, and that's fine. But when you have the skill set, you can shoot, you can defend, you can rebound, literally do everything, then, I mean, you're just going to be unstoppable. Because, like, right now, when I see Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama on the court, it's it's unbelievable because we've genuinely never seen anything like it. Usually, it's like the big man goes on the post, post up, whatever, do whatever move, like, Like what Jokic does. Jokic obviously shoots. He's an amazing player. But like Wemby, Chet, with the ball handling, the shooting skills they have, it's just insane, man. It's it's crazy. We'll see as the season progresses. I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time we talk about him on this podcast. You'll see us talk about him in the 10-minute episodes, in shorts, in these episodes. You're never going to stop hearing about those players from us and honestly in the media because they're just that good. Thunder and Spurs finally getting that media attention they deserve. And with that, let's go to the NFL world where we are going to pretty much say our midseason picks were all the awards MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, O'Roy, D-Roy, Coaching Player of the Year, and then probably Comeback Player of the Year. So I guess we'll start with comeback player of the year. Who do you think should win the comeback player of the year?
1: I mean, I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying that DeMar Hamlin should win the award. I'm not saying as a knock on him at all. But I definitely think it is DeMar Hamlin's award to lose at this point. I mean, I don't see him honestly not winning this award because of what he's gone through, obviously. I mean, It's a really just amazing story. I can't believe that he's able to play football again. I think that he will win the award. But I think, aside from that, if you were to give it to someone else other than DeMar Hamlin, I think Tua is definitely your option. I mean, he's absolutely balling out over there uh, in Miami after those two concussions they suffered last year. Just absolutely riddled with injuries a season. But now he's, he's uh, you've got the team in second or first place in the division now. And they're absolutely balling. And I don't see many teams stopping them because they've just got so much speed on the offense, it's really, really hard to stop anybody on that team.
0: I do agree with your point. Like, obviously people would want to see DeMar Hamlin win. He hasn't been playing much, understandably, because when you go through something like he did, I honestly don't know how you return from football. Like, that just shows the type of person he is and how he was raised to be. Like, it was just, I remember getting the text from you that it happened, because I wasn't watching the game, and when I saw it, it was just It was just crazy because you never expect to see something like that in professional sports, especially in football when there's so much contact. People are tackling each other everywhere. Injuries happen, but when something like that happens, it's just scary because in the FIFA World Cup when Christian Eriksen collapsed on the field due to a similar uh, condition, it it's just crazy to see these things live. Because again, you don't expect it to happen in professional sports. But if we're choosing out of the players that played, I agree. Tua, uh, he has the Dolphins balling. Although I will say, all their losses have been against teams with a winning record. And all their wins have been against teams with 500 record or a losing record. So, But right now, of course, Tua, Comeback Player of the Year so now coach of the year, I feel like people I've been hearing saying uh, Harbaugh, uh, Sirianni, it was Kyle Shanahan for the first five games, but Dan Campo, I feel like you have to give it because, and Robert Sala would have been in here. I feel like if Aaron Rodgers played and obviously that injury was devastating, but I feel like, Got to give it to Dan Campbell because similar to the Jets where everyone made fun of them for being a bad franchise, bad organization that never wins. All of a sudden, Detroit Lions, they're going to win the division. They're going to make it to the playoffs. And they could potentially be a sleeper to the Super Bowl. They're inexperienced in the playoffs. And to my point, I stand on it where you might struggle your first couple playoff games and then win a championship. And that stings, and that's what motivates you. But the Detroit Lions are an amazing football team, and they're not going to go back anytime soon to the winless teams, barely winning games that people, a lot of people actually have been accustomed to seeing. But now that they're winning, I feel like Dan Campbell has to be the coach of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I don't see anybody really challenging him a whole lot. Um, of course, the Lions team, no one expected them to be this good as they are right now. I mean, team expected them to take a jump, but I don't think anyone saw them competing for top of the top of the NFC right now. Of course, not there yet, but I don't think anyone saw them challenging the Eagles, challenging the Niners, challenging the Seahawks, all those top-heavy teams that you expect to be at top of the NFC. But I do want to get some love to Robert Sala, though, because, I mean, of course, you lose Aaron Rodgers, but... Somehow they're keeping that team of flow. I mean, I don't think the offense is doing super great, but the defense is absolutely insane. Keeping them, keeping them alive really. This season, if Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers does come back. I mean, that's absolutely insane. I don't know how it's possible that he's coming, even coming back right now. has a chance coming back, I mean, absolutely. I definitely think that there's something fishy with that injury for sure because he should not be back. There's no chance that he's back in two months or whatever it is. When it's usually a six to eight month injury or whatever like it is it's usually a long 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 time to recover i don't see how it's possible that he's coming back
0: yeah I, I agree like
1: initially when reports came out that there's some
0: scientific advancements or whatever that might make it possible for him to return early i originally thought they were just giving hope to jets fans and nfl fans in general because you never want to see someone go down like that with an injury like that especially like minutes into their debut for a new team and i do agree that robert has kept the jets afloat and we haven't talked about the jets much on this podcast but i feel like zach wilson i feel like i've always said that when you draft a rookie quarterback that rookie quarterback should learn behind a veteran quarterback for at least four to five weeks until they might impress in practice or whatever instead of being thrusted into NFL action immediately. Of course, there's generational players, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes even, but even Mahomes credits his greatness to learning behind Alex Smith for those amount of weeks. And so I feel like you have to learn behind a veteran quarterback before you can succeed in the league as a quarterback. And this was the year. This was the time. He was going to learn behind Aaron Rodgers for the next few years. He's going to pass the torch to Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is going to flourish. And I feel like the Jets, they have the weapon too, and if Zach Wilson was able to learn behind Aaron Rodgers, it would have been a different story. But let's now go to... The Defensor Rookie of the Year, who do you think that will be?
1: I don't know. That one's honestly pretty tough in my eyes, but, um, I mean, Brian Branch has obviously been insane. they has been absolutely insane. I think those two guys competing for this award right now, but I think you got to give it to Brian Branch because of what he's he's done for that defense. I mean, the defense, you look at it on paper, I, I mean, it's not super strong. I mean, it's, it's decent for sure, but you don't have any super big names other than Hutchinson, of course. And you have, of course, Brian Branch now. He's been absolutely just exploded onto the scene so far this season. And I think that he's probably the biggest piece on that defense other than A. Hutchinson right now. And I think you got to give it to him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Or, I think it's between those two players I would lean towards Witherspoon because he's part of that, like, resurgent Seahawks defense to just traded for Leonard Williams. And even though they just got blitzed by the Ravens, every team's going to have bad weeks, slumps. That's what the Niners are going through. I believe the Niners will beat the Jaguars tomorrow. But I think you give it to Witherspoon, to be honest. That's like... There's a new legion of boom forming in Seattle. It's going to be 2.0, like, pretty, pretty soon. And... The Offensive rookie of the year before the season, B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Mary Gibbs even. Gibbs exploded, but now splitting carries with David Montgomery again. And this is not of conversation, especially after last week. I feel like C.J. Stroud is definitely, if he stays healthy, hopefully he does stay healthy. He's, definitely going to win the
1: offensive rookie of the year pretty easily in my opinion oh, yeah i mean undoubtedly i mean like we talked about i mean you're a panthers fan and you obviously you talked about this you wanted them to take tj stroud because we i mean we both really saw tj stroud is going to be the better player in the nfl and so far he's definitely proven that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now honestly i mean i don't think anyone expected this team this texas team to be as good as they are right now i mean i think if I them to take a jump, a little, like a little bit of a jump, considering their draft and considering that they made some good moves in frequency as well. But I mean, C.J. Stroud's absolutely balling. I mean, no matter who's out there at wide receiver, I mean, throwing to everyone. Tank Dell, he's throwing to Robert Woods, he's throwing to literally everyone on that team. And of course, Damian Pierce, I think, has taken a step back. But when you have a guy like C.J. Stroud just absolutely balling, I don't think that really matters. I mean, you just you just take any win you can get. I mean, C.J. Stroud is just absolutely a winner. He will not let the team down. He's going to do everything he can to try to get that win. I and mean, that's what he's been proven so far.
0: Yeah, I, I agree for sure. And I feel like, listen, I did want C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson above Bryce Young, of course. But I feel like when you look at the Panthers roster, like, I thought Miles Sanders was a good move. Adam Thielen is, was a perfect move. Bryce Young's just kind of struggling. I wonder if it's the play calling. I wonder. Because Miles Sanders is having such a massive down year than his years in Eagles. I feel like, obviously, the Panthers weren't, like, a Super Bowl team. Maybe, like, a bottom-tier playoff team. But it's just been a very poor season since uh, uh, we drafted Bryce Young. And I don't think it's his fault because I definitely think it's the play calling. because Something's got to happen there because Bryce Young is still a really good quarterback if he is in the right situation. I do think it's here with the Panthers. I mean, he's a rookie. He's obviously not going to request a trade anytime soon, but... You just got to get more weapons over there, plain and simple. But Well, now we go the defensive player of the year. This could have been Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, who's having a down year. But I feel like you give it to TJ Watt because he's gotten one or two depoys stolen because of Aaron Donald's greatness, in my opinion. But... The Steelers are a playoff team simply because of that defense. Because that offense has so many question marks still. But it's that defense that just constantly carries them against the Ravens that game. It was just T.J. Watt was putting on a clinic. But I think it's definitely between him and Miles Garrett. The Browns literally just allowed, even though it's the Cardinals... Allowing fifty-seven total yards for one entire game, I mean that's insane. He jumped over players to block a field goal, like that was crazy. Again, like it's a toss-up between Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt, but right? I would choose T.J. Watt in my opinion. But I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to Miles Garrett. What do you
1: think? Personally, I think it's Miles Garrett. I believe he's the. I believe he's the top of the top in sacks. I'm pretty sure it could be. Two or three, I'm not exactly positive on that. But he is that staple in that number one defense of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they have struggled in some games, like the Ravens. They weren't exactly the playing best defense. But like I said, they absolutely destroyed the Cardinals offense. I mean, their offense obviously is not very strong. But still, a whole NFL team the 57 yards is absolutely insane. That should really not be possible at all. I think that you have to give it to the guy who's the staple of the best, best defense in the NFL. Kind of like MVP. Like, sometimes you got to give it to the guy who's the staple and the best team in the, in the league. And I think that's what Miles Garrett's doing, and I think that's why he deserves the award I agree, for sure.
0: And then offensive player of the year just could have been – still can be McCaffrey because of his touchdown streak. And I don't like the fact that offensive player of the year has become an award other than quarterbacks, and then MVP is a quarterback award like – MVP, I feel like this might be unfair. There should be like one quarterback, some receivers, some defensive players. Like they should limit the amount of quarterbacks getting into MVP voting because it's unfair that the quarterbacks are runaway favorites. Like McCaffrey could have been MVP, Derrick Henry could have been MVP, Cooper Cup could have been MVP. Like they, And they had to win Offensive Player of the Year. And Offensive Player of the Year, I feel like, goes to... If he's not... Because he won't win MVP, even though he very well could. If it wasn't in QB award, you give it to Tyreek Hill. He might actually break the receiving record. A record that everyone thought was untouchable. Tyreek Hill might actually break it. And obviously, A.J. Brown is close behind
1: him, but you
0: definitely give it to Tyreek Hill this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Honestly, you pretty touched on all the points. Tyreek Hill definitely is the guy for Offensive of Player of the Year, and I think that he should be up for MVP, but of course, he's not going to win it. It's super sad. I mean, it's kind of like baseball in my eyes. When you when you have a guy having a general, social, general social season like Judge did last year, Got to give the judge MVP, obviously, over Shohei. I mean, Shohei's probably going to win it year in and year out no matter what league he's in, unless you have a generational season like judge did. I think that's the case with this. With this, You have Tyree Tyreek in a generational, generational season, and so is A.J. Brown. And I think that you got to give to one of them because they're having absolutely the same season, nothing, nothing like we've ever seen before. And I think that when that happens, you got to just be like, okay, fine, it's not a quarterback award. This guy's actually the MVP, best player in the league. Got to give to him. I don't really see any, any other... Way honestly,
0: I agree. And I mean, now that we're on the MVP award segment of this episode, it changes every week because people look at ah, oh, this player had a terrible week. it's not this good. He's not that good compared to the quarterback. Tua's in the conversation. Mahomes is always in the conversation. Lamar Jackson has recently been put in the conversation. You could put Jalen Hurts in the conversation. It's honestly tough, but again, if it was a fair voting process, I'd have to put Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, restricted at those quarterbacks, and then go with Tyree Kill, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt and McCaffrey like those six players I feel like should all be up for MVP voting but they're only going to restrict it to quarterback for whatever reason which I don't like but if MVP voting was fair you'd have those players even throw AJ Brown in there if you want a seventh player and I honestly would like to see a non-quarterback win the MVP so even though this might be historic I don't know but I don't even know if this is allowed in the NFL, but Tyree Hill would be my MVP. And if it's not allowed, then you give the Offensive Player of the Year to A.J. Brown. But because I want to see a non-quarterback win the MVP, I feel like I want Tyree Kill to win it. And if it's not possible for him to win both, then just
1: give the Offensive Player of the Year to A.J. Brown. But
0: I think Tyree Kill should be the MVP is my final thing. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I thousand percent agree. Like I just said, if you have an historic season, you have to win MVP. I mean, I don't really see any other way around it. This Guys putting up something we've never seen before He's gonna break the receiving record more. It seems like on pace to pace to break it at least. I mean, when you have a guy doing that, you really just have no other choice to give him like to give him the award. It's not like you have Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or whatever. You don't have any these quarterbacks make, having an absolutely insane season, nothing we've like seen before. And Mahomes obviously. Is Mahomes, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. I mean, all the, all the quarterbacks are doing extremely well, but it's not like they're going out and breaking the quarterback record right now. And that's what, Eric's doing for wide receivers. He's going go out and might break a record. So I think you gotta give it to him. He does break the record. If he doesn't break the record, I still think you give it to him honestly. But now they won't give it to him because that just the NFL does the quarterback award. Only quarterbacks are gonna win it. Ever seems like it's it really needs to change. Like you said. Yeah, I believe years ago, Adrian Peterson was the last one. Like,
0: for a receiver to win the award, obviously a quarterback needs to throw to him. And when a quarterback throws him, that's when the quarterback gets yards, touchdowns, all those stats. Like, it's reliant on the receiver mostly. And, I I mean, I could be wrong, but Tyreek Hill deserves to win it. Like, to your point, he's going to break – probably going to break receiving records – people bring up like uh, it's harder to break a quarterback record or whatever he's still gonna break a record we all thought was untouchable and i feel like if he does that you definitely give it to him if he just falls short you still give it to him and if you give it to him then aj brown becomes offensive player of the year if you don't want to give the same player to awards which i think is pretty crazy not to but with that that ends episode 74 thanks for tuning in on apple and Spotify. If you want to catch the 10-minute episodes, head over to YouTube exclusively, and then the shorts are on TikTok and YouTube daily. Thank you for listening.